It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's high time. We had a high time. Together. Together. Yes, it's high time. We had a high time. Welcome back to another episode of Casually Baked, the podcast. I'm Joe, your host in Cannabis Lifestyle Guide. As someone interested in cannabis for wellness, I've been very intrigued about growing my own plants at home. You know, there's really no way to procure enough leaves for juicing or really making smoothies. You're not going to get much juice out of a cannabis leaf, but it's packed with so many nutrients. There's really no way of getting the benefits if you're not growing yourself. And I don't know what I'm doing. So I called my friend Keith. We met up at Harvest on Geary. That's one of my favorite dispensaries in the city. If you're also curious about growing, you're going to love this episode. This is my favorite little place to smoke and work. I call it the We Work building for Gondrepreneurs. This lounge is fucking posh. It is. It's pretty nice. So, chandeliers. You're going to hear quite a bit of a road noise, if you will. Forgive us and just focus on mine and Keith's voice. <laughs> <laughs> is this cached? No. Okay. I brought some too. I brought some uh, sour tangy. I was running low, so I re-upped on some XJ13. Nice and sci-fi. I appreciate smoking this while working. Mm -hmm. And now it's cashed. A woman named Elaine Ingham is uh, a really great resource on uh, this organic revolution. And people are learning more and more about the relationship between the plants and the, the living creatures in the soil. 
the they, microorganisms. They don't. They don't live without each other. Right. You know? they ha- there's that symbiotic relationship they happening in the soil. Send chemical signals to each other and communicate. So and the plant uses um, photosynthesis to fix carbon and make sugar and feeds it to the bacteria and fungus in the soil. And the bacteria and the fungus in the soil fix nitrogen and um, metabolize uh, phosphates and all the other stuff that the plant needs. Okay, so you telling me all of this means that you are qualified to teach me how to create my own little DIY garden. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you're qualified to teach yourself. All this information is available on the internet, on, on YouTube. Um, there are some really incredible people who have uh, figured all this out for us and um, posted really clear, concise instructions on the internet. What I was hoping you could help me do today is to go over just some like really basic, these are the must-haves if you want to grow a couple of plants at okay. home. And say you don't have the, um, the space, a lot of people in San Francisco don't have backyards. So if somebody did want to have a small grow indoors, what cost are we looking at? Like how much space do you need? All that fun stuff. Yeah. So the first thing you're going to want to do is pick your light. Um, and that's going to be based on your space. Um, I would say for a personal garden, two feet by two feet is going to be, uh, a, a nice minimum, a nice starting point. And if you want to go a little bit bigger, uh, if you like to smoke a lot of ganj, uh, three <laughs> foot by three foot is definitely going to rock for a beginner. So, okay, so in a two by two foot space, how many plants are we saying will go in that space? Maybe four. And six is the is Six the max. is the legal max. So I, I, four sounds good for me. Four, so let's okay. Say we're going let's with say four. four. Yeah, let's say four in a two by two and, um, you know, six in a three by three would be a really good way to start. Okay. Um, and then you're going to want a light. Oh, definitely get used equipment your first time around. If you're on a budget and you're just trying to see if this is for you. Uh-huh. Go online and get the reflector and the ballast for your light for free, or uh, I'm sorry, for cheap, and then, you know, buy uh, a brand new bulb. Don't ever buy used bulbs. Okay, so we can buy used equipment, but buy brand new bulbs. Where where do okay. you suggest us going online and, and looking for used equipment? Grower's like- House, I, I believe, is a good one. Um, that's an option. And then also uh, just go on Amazon. Okay. 90% of the stuff I have for my grow is on Amazon, all the nutrients. So a 315-watt ceramic metal halide is going to be uh, really high efficiency for um, an HID light, which is high-intensity high discharge. And those are the big metal halide and high-pressure sodium lights, Okay. Uh, 400 watts. 600 watts, 1,000 watts. Now, are there other lighting solutions for people who are concerned about jacking up an electric bill or, you know, kind of lowering their carbon footprint? Yeah. Is there, what kind of a lighting? Is that out of my budget as a beginner? Um, no, not at all, actually. Uh, LEDs, I personally think they're going to revolutionize the way we grow not just cannabis, but all of our food. Um Because the technology has gotten to a point recently, like in the past year or two, where it is completely practical to run uh, a large-scale grow 
on solar power. So you're talking about your two foot by two foot space or your three foot by three foot space. Mm -hmm. Using LEDs, um, you could light that very effectively, like to the point where you're um, maxing out the light per square foot for that space with um, a really low amount of wattage, like 400, 300, 400 watts. Very nice. Right now I'm blasting, or I was, I was blasting a 4x4 four four uh-huh. with 650 watts. So that's 16 square feet. So a quarter of that would be a 2x2, two two, so you would only need maybe 150, 200 watts. And they run nice and cool, so um, you don't have to worry about it getting too hot in there uh, if you're in a closet or a confined space. If you want a really uh, high-efficiency, custom-built LED grow light, uh, I can build one for you. Uh, so if you're worried about stealth, about heat in a small space, uh, about your carbon footprint, because these things can definitely run on solar panels, and I'm going to fucking build them. Um, yeah, like I'm going to grow 100% sustainable weed. If you recycle your soil using these organic techniques and you use vermicompost, worms, and vegetable scraps, and eggshells, and all that good shit, you are reusing your soil and um, your your LED grow light will run on solar power or wind turbines. Uh, how long does it take to to set something like this up? Would this be a weekend project for me? Would this how long would this take? Um, you need to figure out a place to hang your light and if you want to keep it nice and simple you can buy like a little grow tent. Gorilla Grow is the brand that I use. They're super durable. They're also a little bit expensive. Um, there's another brand called Sun Hut uh, that's cheaper and I think probably would be great for a beginner. And a 2x2 two two or a 3x3 three three tent is not going to be expensive. So yeah, and you've got your own little environment set up right there and it's got like a nice uh, waterproof bottom. And if, if you don't want to have your house smelling, it's really nice to have your tent sealed up and um, in a small one, you can just get like a four inch carbon filter and a four inch inline fan. Mm-hmm. Just go on Amazon and type in four inch inline fan and carbon filter and it'll come up and that will uh, suck all the air into your tent through the carbon filter and then out your hose wherever you choose to point it. Uh, I point mine out the window and it won't smell. What is the environment like inside of there? It's like the environment inside your house. I mean, um, if your house is like 65, 70 degrees, uh, you know, it depends. You're going to have to play around with, with your tent. Uh, if- well, let me, let me rephrase that. What is the ideal situation like inside of there? Because I've been in indoor grows, and when I walk in there, I feel like I'm walking into the tropical jungles. It's like <laughs> warm and nice and steamy, and yeah. there's that golden glow happening. But I know that's not going to be the case in my closet. So I just right. like, what is that going to be like? What's the best way? So if you want to be a super pro, if you want to be Bill Nye the science guy, there's this thing called uh, vapor pressure deficit. And that's th- that's what you felt when you walked into that grow room. So you got the plants around 78 to 80 degrees and the humidity is up around like 65 to 70%. And um, it puts the water pressure difference between the plant and the air around it into this perfect spot where water is constantly just flowing up into the plant and then uh, evaporating out of the stomata. 
so you're getting this constant flow and and you can get a lot of uh, extra co2 into the leaf um but, um, it really it feels sorry. quite lovely in there. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, like, so warm and cuddly. Yeah, but for, for simple terms, um, if your house is, like, 65, 70 degrees and you've got a light shining on your plants, they're going to be, you know, between 75 and 80 degrees probably, and that is perfect. And your humidity, you don't... I don't know. It, we're in the bay, so um, I've got a humidifier and a dehumidifier. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, you can pretty much just let it ride. I've I've seen it uh, fluctuate between forty and seventy throughout this year in the Bay Area, and that's mm-hmm. fine. That's not going to hurt your plants. How long is the growing and harvesting cycle for cannabis? So the plant has a two-stage life cycle, and it's based on um, the amount of light and darkness that it gets every day. So um, the the sort of rule of thumb is uh, 18 hours of light and six hours of darkness every day during the plant's vegetative cycle. And this is when it's going to be using a lot of nitrogen, and it's going to be growing stalks and fan leaves and branching out. And um, it's really, I mean, it's really quite beautiful. It's growing like a weed? Yeah, it's growing like a weed. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. It's growing actually with the strength of 10 weeds. So it sounds more complicated. Is it just as simple as growing any other vegetable, or is cannabis yeah. a little bit particular? I mean, no. You're, you're going to be able to grow some good plants, and you're going to be able to get um, like some really nice weed out of a plant without taking super duper awesome care of it. When you get into like these crazy soil recipes and and dialing in your environment down to the degree, down to the percentage of relative humidity, and you're mapping out like your light footprint and adjusting your spectrum and all this, like this is when you want that really top shelf dank and you also want a lot of it out of a limited space. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just growing for your own and, and growing for fun, and especially if you grow uh, using organics. Growing for your own personal medicine. Yeah, yeah, your own personal medicine, you're going to be fine. Like, you're going to get, like, several ounces of uh, really good weed, and you're going to be able to brag to people that you grew it. Several, <laughs> So several ounces, and we've got four plants in our yeah. two by two space. So yeah. we'll have eight you to can ten totally ounces get, of weed. Well, I mean, you can totally get one ounce per plant with like just really simple, uh, almost no effort whatsoever. Okay. You know, you buy some, some pots and plant them and, and you give them water like every couple days and you give them some fertilizer when they start to look like they're hungry. So minimal love, you're going to get about four ounces. Yeah. Loving the shit out of these things, eight to ten ounces maybe. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. It's There's a lot of metrics that go into sure. it, but that's definitely like a fair ballpark estimate. Okay. We've talked about all of this stuff, but... Let's, I mean, first things first, seeds or starters. Like, if I've never done this before, where where do I go and what do I need to do? Um, I'm a purist, so I started with seeds. Uh, if you're going to start with seeds, you have two options, regular or feminized. Um, and feminized is a polite euphemism for poisoning the plant with colloidal silver until it's forced to become a hermaphrodite and fertilize itself, and that way you know you've got two X chromosomes. 
and that's a feminized seed. So, I mean, if you're going to do it for one one crop and you just want to start it off nice and easy, get a six-pack of fems, and you know you won't have to throw away half your plants in a month or two. Um, that definitely makes sense if I'm yeah. if I'm doing this small on my own. If okay, you're planning so on doing seeds. any breeding or taking clones from the plants or, like, preserving that genetic line beyond just the one harvest, then I would highly recommend you not get feminized seeds. But if you just want to do the one and done and then get some new seeds and mm-hmm. try out some new shit, then like, For can sure. I swear on your podcast? Of course. Okay, great. Um, it's I been, cuss like a sailor. I'm It's from been Texas. a struggle. Thank you for telling me. Um, <laughs> but yes, that's exactly what I would want to do. Like this is, yeah, this is all for fun for me. So okay. I would want to get feminized so, seeds and I can yeah. always just seeds. And if you okay. get regular seeds when you, Oh, we forgot to say when you want your plants to go from veg to flower, you just change the light cycle to 12 hours on 12 hours off and it'll start to flower. It can veg for as long as you want. And um, after like a month or two, it's going to be a couple feet tall, you know, and you're going to be ready to switch it to flower. Um, And then the flowering, the length of the flowering cycle depends on the genetics of the plant. And when you buy your clone or you buy your seed, it's going to have that information or it should. Otherwise, don't buy seeds off of that dude. Yeah, so it's going to be eight weeks for your really fast-flowering indicas and hybrids, up to 13 weeks for your uh, super sativas. So for this... The light cycle, though. I want to just cover that real quick. Okay. Because you asked me about how long it took, and that's like a really important part of it. Keith, drop some knowledge. Okay, so... um, 18 hours of light, six hours of darkness, you're in vegetative mode, and the plant's just gonna keep getting bigger and bigger and putting out more stalks and more leaves. And when you decide the plant's big enough, and be careful about this because um, depending on the strain, they can double in size after you switch them to flower. And they can wow. get kind of out of control. Um, so don't get overzealous before yeah. you turn. Okay. No, they will beast out on you, and you won't know what to do. Um, so switch it to 12-12, and the plant will flower in 8 to 13 weeks, depending on the genetics. Um, so indicas and hybrids will be on the 8-week end, uh, all the way up to sativas, pure sativas, that will be on the 13-week end. So... 12 hours of light, 12 hours of darkness. The indica and um, hybrids are eight weeks of that? Yeah, eight to ten, something like that. Okay. And then 12 hours light, 12 hours of darkness, sativas, it's a longer process. Yeah, sativas take 13 13 weeks. Okay. And when you you switch that light, man, that's when... You know, the the magic really starts to happen. Uh, The females will put out these two uh, little slender hairs out of the um, intersections of the the main stem and the side stem and the Mm -hmm. petiole of the fan leaf. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're just these two little slender white hairs that come sticking straight up. And then more and more of them start to pop out. And then they, like, swell up and start to grow trichomes. And... You know, you'll see your big fan leaves start to get rails of resin on the sides. And save those fuckers, too, man. You can use those to make bubble hash. You can um, cook them down and make butter out of it. Like, none of this plant should go to waste. Yeah, I think um, my audience is less likely to make bubble hash and more likely to... Well, but... But what I am a proponent of is, you know, big leafing and then putting that stuff in your 
your juicer in the morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, raw cannabis is so fucking good for you. And so that's the main reason I want to grow at home is because I want to juice the leaves every morning. And then, of course, really? I think it would be so fucking fun to grow my own flower. Yeah. But that's, yeah. I want it for the leaves. I've never heard that before. I've, I didn't know that you could do that and it was good for you. Well, do you know how many giant families are thrown away? I know. I I'm just pack them in a, in a zip yes. box. But it's best when they're fresh, obviously. But so... The, the thing that's so magical about that is the people that don't want to get high, they can get all of the nutritional value of cannabis without any of those side effects because yeah. it's all THCA and it's just it in the blender like and it's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's not ever heating up to turn to THC. The, the endocannabinoid system is so undervalued in, in Western medicine. They, they really just gloss right over it, and it's, it's so important. Well, I, was, I have a, a client who is an ER doctor, and it was crazy to me because she said that she didn't learn about the endocannabinoid system in medical school. And then another doctor had told me that I think it's only taught in two or three medical schools in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope that's changed since I heard that information, but Google that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really cool. Um, well, that is not really cool. That shit's scary. I mean, why would they not be teaching about the right. endocannabinoid system? I guess what I meant was it's really cool just the way uh, human beings and this one crazy species of plant interact, you know? Yes. That is a miracle. For sure. And I'll tell you what, like when you grow your own plants, you form an emotional connection with those things. Like if you have any kind of natural empathy for living creatures and and they're under your care and... um, and they are really enchanting, uh, especially when they start to flower and the smell, oh my God, you know? And when you finally harvest that shit and smoke it and it's, I mean, it's going to affect the way you think and it's going to be a part of your consciousness. Yes. Cannabis smokers anyway. are more enlightened people. So Sorry. Keith, no, no, tangents are lovely. Tell us um, just more about how you got into this and like what you're doing in the cannabis space professionally, if you'd like to talk about that. Well, I guess I can say this because it'll take a few days for this to air. I'm sure. Um, I have an interview tomorrow morning to be a cultivator for one of the biggest dispensaries in the city. They've got, uh, an indoor operation here in San Francisco. Well, congratulations and good luck. Thank you. I I'll be sending you some JoJo mojo. Ooh, just all the mojo, all the mojo. I I really, um, I really want this job. Well, I want you to have this job. Thank then. you. I've got this fantasy where I walk into the warehouse for the first time, and the whole staff bursts into like a choreographed song, and it's like Willy Wonka. <laughs> Because the Girl Scout cookies taste like Girl Scout cookies, you know? The blueberry kush tastes like blueberries. Yeah. Like the snozberries taste like snozberries. <laughs> Whenever I quit my corporate job back in 2012, I was just like, I just want to get paid to be myself. I just want somebody to give Thank me you. money because right? I am Joanna motherfucking Nudie. 
And so... And there's value in that. Well, I think if everyone could just get paid to be themselves, it, we probably wouldn't be we fighting hustle. over nuclear wars. You but, gotta hustle. But it's... I don't know. I feel like I'm finally getting to do that. So well, yeah. I hope, I mean, and it sounds like you're about and, to get yeah. to do that, too. No, definitely. Like, you just got to be a doer, I think. And, and that will just get the ball rolling, and you'll find yourself someplace good. So, I mean, writing articles and doing your podcast and, like... You know, doing it professionally and taking pride in it, um, people will notice. You know, somebody took a look at my resume, and I feel really confident that I'm going to get this job. Well, good. I love it. And I love that you're my pro gardener. (laughs) Not even close. (laughs) Hey, compared to me, I, I mean, my sister bought me this cute ivy. I'd just gotten a job with CBS Radio, and it was these little heart heart leaves and I was like sister you know I'm terrible with plants and she's like Joanna it's an ivy nobody kills ivies and I killed killed it I killed it so for the (laughs) non-green thumb here's your secret here's where you go for your dirt Uh, a website called build a soil I have personally not used their soil mixes Um, I have used their uh, earthworm castings and they worked great so you can go on build a soil and order your soil pre-mixed really baller composted organic soil no synthetic nutrients you're going to get really clean really great flavor out of your bud and you can also buy pre-mixed um top dressing and organic fertilizer there too um i highly recommend getting some earthworm castings and mixing them in about a gallon of earthworm castings per like five gallons of soil. I have to stop you right there for a second because this cracks me up. No, well I'm like, oh yes, so I get to buy this soil. Uh And then and then you're like, oh, and get this and this, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm out. Yeah. Like, I don't think I can do all of those things. So if you don't I have just, to, sorry. That, okay, no, 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 you no. You can just get the soil. Okay. You'll be cool. Okay. You that's do need what, some fertilizer though. So get get like a top dress mix, and okay. every like after the first couple of weeks, you know, every week, like take like a couple of teaspoons of that top dressing mix uh-huh. and sprinkle it around on top of your soil, okay. and then when you water, it'll get water. In. Okay, so what I'm what I want you to do for me mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's all about me, right? Just short, simple, like one step. My sister yeah. would do all of the steps. Yeah. She would do all of the steps you said. Me, I would do the minimum steps. Okay, okay, so minimum steps. Buy yourself some potting soil. There are garden stores all around the city, or you can go on Amazon and get a bag of Fox Farms Ocean Forest. You can't go wrong. It's an organic soil. Also, black gold uh, organic. I've started with that and gotten good results. So you've got your organic soil. You're going to want to put it in one-gallon pots. And you're going to want to get some kind of fertilizer. Any kind of all-purpose fertilizer will do. Is there some organic stuff that you would recommend as far as the fertilizer is concerned? I can't claim to be super educated on it, but um, they have uh, an OMRI label. It's like an organic certification that I blindly trust. Okay. Um, (laughs) 
So yeah, soil, fertilizer, water. Yes. You're gonna want water. You're How often want... do we do this? So when you uh, when you have them in one gallon pots to begin with, mm-hmm. you're gonna want to use. Hello. Hi. Hey. Um, that sounds like there's some grown going on over there. Let's do this. Doing We're what I can anyway. Podcast. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I mean, background noise is fine. There are as many opinions on how to water as there are methods of watering. Um, the really simple one is to just get your water and pour it into the top of the plant. And if you do that in a one-gallon pot, which is what you're going to want to be starting off in, it should take about 800 milliliters to completely soak through the dirt and start coming out the pot. And this is called runoff. And if you're using any kind of synthet- any kind of fertilizer that you bought in like a bottle or a bag, it's important that you get some runoff because that's going to flush some of the salts out of your uh, soil. Thoroughly water it, get some water running out of the bottom, and um, that's how much water you want to give your plant. And that's even like we've just seeded these pots, and so we are. Yeah, it's, as soon really, as you seed it, you okay. want to pour, you know, a good amount that's of water. Runoff. Yeah, until it starts running out the bottom. And do it nice and slow when you get up to about 500 milliliters. Start to slow down and wait and see if it starts running out. Because once it starts, it'll go for a bit. And you want to have your pot, your plant's pot, in um, like a plastic catch tray Mm -hmm. so that a couple hundred milliliters of water can come out the bottom. And then over the course of about an hour, the plant will soak a lot of that back up. Got it. So you do that, and then um, you wait about two days. So the trick is, when you first fill your pot up with soil and the soil is dry, pick it up and feel how much it weighs, you know? Take some time and really get, like, a good sense of what that pot feels like when it's completely dry. Um, I have a little kitchen scale, and I weighed mine. One milliliter of water weighs one gram, so it's easy to figure out how much water you've got in there. So anyways, uh, you wait until it's completely dry, and then you thoroughly water it to run off again. The the biggest problem for beginner growers and... uh, you know, the bane of my existence for like the first three weeks of, of this crop is overwatering or not quite knowing because it's impossible to tell until you've spent some time with the plant whether it's showing symptoms of overwatering or underwatering. So, how long bet- um, between me planting and me starting to see the first bit of um, sprouting something? Patience is definitely key here because you're going to be sitting in front of your soil with like binoculars waiting for that little sprout to come out. You're going to be like night and day waiting for that shit. So don't worry. Like it can take up to 10 days for some seeds to pop up. You know, um, it's uh, it's nice and easy to just uh, make like a little half inch hole and drop your seed in the middle of your uh, one gallon pot. Or if you want to make sure you have a certain number of plants, you can take uh, 32-ounce disposable cups, the paper ones. uh, You can order them online if they don't have the 32-ounce ones in your grocery store. The paper ones are the best because you can just cut them really easily. And when it's time to transplant, you can just tear down the side of the cup and slide the root ball straight out into the hole in its new pot. 
So you can start them in one gallon pots or in those cups. It, it should take somewhere between three and 10 days for your sprouts to pop up. And you're gonna wanna keep them uh, in a, you know, a humid environment. So if you've got them in disposable cups, take some saran wrap and spray it a few squirts of water. And, um, and when you plant them, you know, get the soil nice and wet. Make sure there's plenty of drainage in the bottom of the cup, uh, just a bunch of holes in the bottom, you know, make sure they're not blocked up. And uh, give it that thorough watering and wait until they pop out. Keep it humid. And so what were you saying to do with the saran wrap then? Oh, so just, then you just put it over the top of it? Spray it, yeah. Spray okay. one side with some water and then just lay it down over the top of the cups. Or if you want, you can buy a humidity tray for sprouting seedlings in. Just don't start them in tiny little containers because it's really hard to keep those things wet. You'll have to get in there like every four hours and wet them down and it's going to kill your seeds. Okay, start so 32-ounce yeah. paper cup. 32-ounce disposable cups or like those red solo party cups. Yep. The 24 ounce Texans ones. Texans are familiar with those. Yes, I'm from, from Florida, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, y'all sure Many, as shit uh, are. Sure as shit. <laughs> Grew up on Coors Light and Jack Daniels. I didn't know that you were from Florida. I am from the South. I escaped though, so it's okay. <laughs> But we're stoners and we're digressing. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> you, this is your job to keep us on track. So, this is the thing. A lot of people, I think, want to try to grow yeah. at home. Yeah. But the biggest deterrent is going to be space and cost. Yeah. So, if we've deduced that we can do it in a two-by-two two space, mm -hmm. then now, right now, the only thing that seems like a barrier to entry is the price point. So, total costs out the door, ranging from the low end to the high end, what are we looking at? I would say $600. You're not going to put yourself through a whole lot of stress trying to get it done on that budget. You know, you're not going to cut corners. Okay, so that $600, can you break that down into the categories that where I'm spending that? Um, yeah, definitely. So that's $200 for the light, $100 for pots, soil, and some fertilizer, and $100 on various different accessories that you're going to need, like a watering can or uh, labels or... Um, that organizational chart for the back of yeah, the door. <laughs> all kinds of different stuff. You're going to want to get a thermometer slash uh, humidity meter. Okay. Um, but yeah, 600 bucks and we should definitely be able to get the ball rolling. So now let's talk about the cost of these feminized seeds that we want to purchase. Okay. Yeah. Um, you can buy seeds at a couple of different places. I think Harvest has some good ones. Spark, uh, Cookies SF, you know, different dispensaries in the city have them. Um, ordering them online is kind of a hassle. I actually uh, recommend you buy them from a dispensary in the city and and probably, you know, 80 to 100 bucks is fair on a 10-pack of regs or um, a six-pack of feminized. Definitely don't skimp out on your genetics. Every other thing we already talked about is 50% of your grow. And buying those seeds is the extra 50, or is the other 50%. So spend that extra 20 to $50 or whatever on your seeds because uh, that's the absolute last thing you want to cheap out on. It's like that rule my dad told me when I was a kid. Don't buy cheap toilet paper or <laughs> generic cheese. Just you go for the good stuff. That's good advice. <laughs> 
When I first moved to California, it was because it was the closest thing to Italy I could find in the United States. Mm -hmm. So I got here, and then I had to figure out what I was going to do for work. Love and, it. And so, you know, my oh. job has always been um, experiential marketing and sales, and so I, I've ne I never have a problem finding a job. Yeah. But I was crashing on the couch of a few friends. And in exchange for staying there, I would water the garden. And I feel good about the process, but having you tell me, you know, the step-by-steps, because they would just tell me what I needed to do to the garden that day, and I knew to use the flower-watering wand that kind of, like, trickled rain style almost over okay. it. So, you know, I knew to go around the plant, don't get water on the plant. Are there any other tips like that? You want your light to be uh, at least like a foot or two above the tops of the plants. So as they get taller, make sure you're raising that light. Otherwise, the tops of your plants are going to start to burn. Good tip. You should get in there every day. And if your plants are tucked away into like a narrow space and you can't get back in there, just slide them out. Um, avoid picking them up and setting them down. And when you set them down, do it really gently. Otherwise, the soil will get compacted. But just once a day, you know, have, have like a set time of day where you go in there and pull the plants out and look at them and lift them up and uh, set them down very gently to see how much the pots weigh. And, and if they need water, water them and just, you know, have like a little chart and just write down real quick when you watered them and how much. And then you don't even have to remember or think about it. You just come back in the next day at that set time and um, do your routine and look at the chart. Now that the plant is growing, it's getting bigger, it's growing faster and faster, the magic's happening, like what is the maintenance? A really simple practice that I highly recommend is called topping. And it's really scary because um, when your plant and it took me, like, somebody really had to explain it to me before I would do this, and then suddenly I realized how great it was. So the plant naturally is going to grow one main stalk. Mm -hmm. um, and if you take that growing tip of your one main stalk and cut it off, mm -hmm. even though it's terrifying to do it, mm -hmm. um, there are uh, auxins and cytokinins that um, control the growth of the plant, and they respond to gravity and light levels. And if you cut off that main stem, the growth hormones are going to get evenly redistributed uh, into the side stems. So each of those four side stems that you leave are going to turn into a main stem. So. If you wait a couple weeks until the plant has put out like um, four or five of these side branches and then um, cut off like the top two, uh, so you're going to leave yourself uh, four. I think four is a good number. Some people will do two, some will do six, but I think four side branches is a good number and they will start to beef out and you know, you'll have a plant with four. Uh, main branches that are all just a little bit smaller than uh, the one would have been. 
And so does that mean that I'm going? We'll have more flower production. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. And um, you're also going to want to go through uh, after maybe like a couple of months. When you switch into flower, you're going to want to go through and cut off uh, any of like the little spindly, weak branches down at the bottom, any leaves or nodes that are completely covered up by higher growth. Go ahead and just strip those off and, and get, get yourself a nice sharp pair of scissors and cut those branches off. All right, good deal. And here's one highly responsible tip before you grow. Make sure to check your local city ordinances to know what the rules are in your neighborhood. Two green thumbs up to my friend Keith and one Texas size thank you for all of the grow knowledge. I am looking forward to putting together my plan for my own DIY indoor grow. If any of you have particular questions for Keith that maybe I didn't cover because you don't know what you don't know, Keith can be reached at sustainabis at gmail.com. That's sustain, A-B-I-S, at gmail.com. And if you love pretty pictures of beautiful plants, you can find him on Instagram under that same name. As always, if you're kind of curious, I'm here to help. Send me your cannabis-related questions, and maybe they'll show up on the next episode of Casually Baked, the podcast. Email me at ask at casuallybaked.com. And if you'd like to connect with me on social, at casuallybaked on all of your favorite platforms. Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, produced, edited by the team of Just Joe. Our theme music is by my handsome and fabulous friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with his music, check out his latest album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you are buying your music these days. I know he didn't create high time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Are you looking for the next great cannabis business to invest in? Then you need to check out the MJ Bulls podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Humston. Join me each week as I speak to both cannabis entrepreneurs who are raising capital and cannabis investors who are investing capital. Our 10-minute episodes are perfect for the busy investor. Start listening to the MJ Bulls podcast today, wherever you listen to podcasts, and who knows? Maybe you'll discover the next cannabis unicorn.